to the RN to Writer Show, where nurses learn how to become freelance writers. I'm your host, Elizabeth Haynes, RN. If you'd like more tips on how to launch and grow a freelance writing business, be sure to visit our website, rn2writer.com. And hey, you can catch this show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And today we're welcoming Marna Palmer, Director of Operations at the Content Marketing and Brand Studio, Studio ID. Let me tell you a little bit about Marna. If she could create her own business card, it would say professional cat herder, because that has been the most consistent theme of her career. From celebrities to creatives, she finds talent, helps it grow, and assists in keeping everyone organized while making money in the, pro- in the process. She spent the first 10 years of her career as a talent agent in Los Angeles, exciting, yeah. negotiating commercial endorsements for many celebrity clients. She then went to the other side of the desk and joined a marketing startup where she led the publishing team's B2C digital marketing efforts and thus began her work with freelance writers. Since then, she has worked with content creators of all kinds around the world, at companies in Los Angeles, Oslo, Norway, and now at Studio ID in Washington, D.C. Marna, we're so honored to have you. Thank you so much for carving out half an hour to share with the audience. Um, As you know, I'm kind of on a mission for nurses to take over the health writing space. And so we are very honored to have you. Now, many of our listeners are nurses and other clinicians who have literally just learned that writing can be a career. Like what? Yeah. So I was wondering if we could start this conversation by sort of demystifying what Studio ID does as a content marketing and brand studio. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I've worked with Beth. Those of you who didn't know, I've worked with Beth as a freelance writer, so I can attest to her knowledge and experience. And she's a great example of someone that is the type of writer that we're looking for at our studio. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Studio ID, we are the custom content marketing arm of B2B media journalism uh, company, Industry Dive. What that means is we have a a full editorial newsroom and we have built an audience of executives and decision makers across 20 different industries. I think that's where we are right now is 20. Um, From everything from healthcare to med tech, banking, waste, restaurant, retail, marketing. So it runs the gamut on the industries we cover. Um, Every day we're popping up in their inbox. We're giving the latest news within that industry and our part of the team develops custom content for clients. And then that content gets pushed out to our audiences and helps get leads for the clients um, in order to, for them to sell to. So Studio ID is content creators with a mark from a marketing perspective, not just for a journalism or for an entertainment purposes. Um, We work with all different kinds of clients and we do all different kinds of products. We do things like everything from like a sponsored story, which is about 700 words to what we call a playbook, which is very similar to a white paper, which is around 2,200 words, industry trend reports, uh, podcasts, webinars. um, And those I think are the most popular products. How does, so taking this sort of down to the bare basics, 
Um, I frequently get asked, for example, what is a white paper? And I tell nurses, you know, the definition of that has evolved a lot over the years. It used to be 10,000 word tomes and it took months to produce it. Right. And now they're much shorter. And I think it's important for my audience to understand that these are um, content assets that companies use behind a... Um, I don't want to say a paywall because they're usually free, but it's a way to get people to enter their contact information yep. to get this useful information. I think it's really important for people to understand content marketing is useful information. It's not advertising. Is that, do you agree? Yes, totally. We, we don't want any kind of super selly kind of feeling. We want to give to the audience. We want to give them information. When we include, we include subject matter experts in a lot of our content. And those will usually be third party. They're not related to the company. And they'll speak a little bit more to the problem that we're addressing in the content, in the white paper. Um, so it's 2,200 words. So it's much shorter. It gives, gives, gives. And then it, it talks about the problem. And then it talks about how the, the client's product can, can help solve the problem. But it's very subtle. And that's why we look for experienced writers who know how to balance that subtlety where you're paying enough attention to the client's product and their product offering, but not alienating the audience. We have built a lot of trust with our audience through our journalism. So we want to continue that in our content marketing as well. It's, it's a tough dance to strike and I admire writers like yourself who can do it. <laughs> I, I want to pick up on what you said about experienced writers, because one thing that I don't want to happen is for you to get buried under a whole bunch of letters of introduction. Yeah. And I think it's important, again, for the audience to understand that there are markets that are excellent to approach when you're just starting out and you have few clips and Studio ID is not that type of prospective client. This is for writers who are very experienced, have um, plenty of clips. Now that said though, the, one of the first projects that I did for you was a webinar, which I had never written before. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you evaluate when someone, when a nurse who writes approaches your team and you're trying to evaluate whether to bring them on and they don't have a specific type of experience, how do you evaluate that? We do. I mean, the clips in the portfolio plays a big part in it. And we can see from the types of content that you're writing, if it's going to work with the types of clients we have. A lot of our clients are more like technical. It can be med tech kind of stuff. It's SaaS software. Uh, we've got a lot of telehealth right now, of course. So we need someone who can understand how to write technically without being too technical. So sometimes I'll get uh, portfolios from writers that have done stuff in the health space, but it's more like general nutrition, it's fitness, it's things like that. And you can just, I mean, I know right then that they don't have the deep domain expertise in more of the technicality of the, of the industry. But I think that's where nurses can really separate themselves from other writers because you guys have such frontline medical experience. You understand medical terms. You know, like some of the issues that go around in hospital admin because you have been there. So if you can showcase that, I think that helps to separate you. But for instance, someone like you, Beth, you had long form content that was more technical in nature. Um, and it just, it goes a little bit deeper than the surface. We have to under, like, that's what we really look for is someone that we know is well-versed in the industry, knows how to speak to a high level audience, because this is not just, I pick up the magazine on a Friday when I'm going on a flight somewhere and, and going, oh, this is some good basic information. These are industry executives who know what's going on in their industry. 
and want to be spoken to as such. So that's kind of what we're looking for. And you can tell that, like we could tell with you, Beth, I knew you hadn't written a webinar, but you had the experience in other platforms that we knew would translate very well to webinar scripting. That's really good to know. Um, I, I always advise nurses in their letter of introduction to emphasize if they are a subject matter expert, because my experience has been, and I'm curious to know what you think, my experience has been today that a lot more content agencies and brand marketers really value subject matter experts in their own right who can write. Is yeah. that the case, do you think? Yes, completely agree. Uh, we have some people on our bench of healthcare writers now who we know, oh, we go to for healthcare technology. Other ones we go to for whatever other examples that are slipping me now. But that is something that we look for. And if you have that subject matter expertise, I would love when you call that out in your letter of introduction or your portfolio, instead of just going, here's my portfolio, take a look. And you go, and then making me dig for it. When you can say, here are three things I've written about healthcare software and how it's revolutionizing patient care. That is something that is called out and will make me look at it and go, oh yeah, this person really knows what they're doing. They're an expert in their field. That's a, a crucial point. Um, always make the prospective client's job easy as yeah. possible. And I mean, not just in the LOI, but throughout the whole process. In fact, one of the things that I wanted to tell you from my experience with Studio ID was the culture that you have created over there. I mean, I not only felt so valued as a writer and an expert as a nurse, yeah. but everyone I interacted with was so professional and your processes were so smooth. How in the heck have you created such a culture with so many freelancers? Yeah, uh, I think we look to our freelancers for a lot of input. Like I joined Studio ID about two years ago. Um, when I joined, there was 12 project managers on the team. We had an acquisition last summer where we acquired a content company. We're up to about 50 now. So um, the scaling has been a bit of a challenge, but we're retaining it. But we do, we look to our writers for feedback. If we say, okay, here's the process we've come up with. If they see something that doesn't work, we will discuss it. We'll see if we're getting that from multiple people. We really just try to listen because we value our writers and try to be very writer friendly. Um, and we know that you guys are the experts. And if we're creating this horrible process that doesn't work for anybody. And it, it feels like it's just clunky and restrictive that you're not going to produce your best work. Well, you are nailing it. Well, thank you. Culture. Um, <laughs> when I, I say I had to, when I had to retire from writing to, because I wanted to pursue our into writer fully, it, it killed me to leave studio ID. So yeah. among a couple, you were up there with the handful, but you know, yeah. it's just how, it's funny where life takes you sometimes. Yeah, totally. Um, could you could you talk a little bit about the distinction between B two C and B two B? Because you had previously said, you know, if your clips are all general health stuff, which is generally consumer health, yep, um, that that's not helpful for pursuing clients who are B2B in the content marketing. So I think my audience has a hard time grasping the difference between those two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was B2C prior to joining Studio ID, so I totally get the confusion. And I think the biggest difference I have seen between the two types of industries is the B2C is 
it's a little bit more conversational in tone. It's a little bit more general in the new, in the knowledge. You don't want to get too deep because then you feel like you're going to lose the average B2C person. You want to give them a little bit of information enough to get them more curious about your product and willing to go to the website, but you're talking to them, not at a, I don't want to say, just at a more basic level. Um, when we're doing B2B because you're targeting generally executives in the industry or people who are in the industry, we have to respect that. And we want to speak to them in that kind of tone as well. Uh, we want to know the industry buzzwords. We want to know the jargon because if we sound like we're faking it, then they, our audience is not going to trust us. So building that trust with the audience, I think is even more important on a B2B perspective because you are trying to market to a, an audience who can call you out and say, this is not true. You're just making this up. Whereas B2C, you can sometimes be, I mean, we all see it with marketers. B2C marketers will sometimes go, this product will change your life type thing. And we don't really do that in B2B because it is a, it's a little bit more serious and, and you're talking to a different type of reader. I think that really nails it. I personally, I think one of the reasons that B2B can actually be an excellent entry point for nurses is because it can be hard to lose that uh, propensity for using some of the jargon and some of the language shortcuts that we use in healthcare that you have to do to write consumer health stuff, as you said. Yeah. Um, So I tell, I tell nurses all the time that one of the most difficult transitions they're going to make is getting rid of all the academic writing stuff that's swirling around up here because it's so hard to get out of the passive voice mode and the, oh, just, yeah. but in B2B writing, you can get away with a little of that. You can get away with some passive voice because that's true in a lot of industries, you know, and the people the executives who are reading this are a little more used to that and the jargon and stuff. You can throw that in there because it serves a purpose. Right. Like you said it makes that connection with the target audience. And that's really what all of this stuff is about that we do. We want to connect yeah. with the target audience and they're all human beings, whether they're consumers or whether they're business executives, they're a human being. So the better yeah. we can connect with them through language, you know? Yeah. And that's um, something you have to use to your advantage is your knowledge of the industry and, and of what you're talking about. You've gotten natural subject matter expertise just from being a nurse that the average freelance writer can write in the industry as much as they want, but it's a different, it's just a different level of experience. Absolutely. I, I tell, I say that all the time too, is call out that you, you know, the pain points, mm-hmm. Especially if you're recently out of healthcare, you really know the pain points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You to be target audience. Um, so the, here's a question that I ask every editor and every client I've ever worked with that I have developed rapport with. And that is, what would you consider, let's say, the top three attributes of the unicorn freelancer? Ah, love it. All right. Hmm. I think... The first thing is probably just their attitude and their ability to go with the flow. When you're dealing with clients, especially, we all know how client deadlines can move. It's constantly moving goalposts. So if you have someone who gets, we love process and we love structure, but if you're too locked into it and it sends your world into a tizzy, if a deadline gets pushed back a week or you're not getting feedback for a week, then that's something that I think makes it hard to work in the agency world just because 
we have to answer to clients and clients are unpredictable. <laughs> um, so I would say that's one thing is your attitude and the, your ability to go with the flow and roll with the punches. You don't want to take abuse. You don't want to be with one of these clients who disappears for month on, months on end, doesn't pay you for months on end. Like that's not what I'm asking for, but just, hey, I haven't gotten feedback yet. It's going to be another five days. That means we're going to have to push out the second draft due date by a week. Like if you can adjust to that, then I think that that will make you stand out as a freelancer. Um, the second thing would be your preparedness and your when you're client facing. Client facing is so important with our writers because we do give them a lot of access to the client. We have our content strategists on a writer call between the writer and the client and the subject matter experts. Their writers are interfacing with a lot of people involved with the content um, and you're representing the agency in a sense when you're talking to all these people because we have ver we have verified, we have vouched for you and said this is the right writer for the project to the client. We have said, okay, we're gonna introduce you to the subject matter expert trusting that you're gonna come with the right kind of questions and you're gonna have done your background research. So when you can come to one of those calls, if you you know, go above and beyond what we have presented to you, because we'll give you background information going, here's the client website, here's some information about the topic. But when you can say to, oh, hey, client X, I was reading on your LinkedIn, the article that you publish about X, Y, and Z. Like when you can pull that kind of stuff out, that really impresses us because it shows that you went above and beyond and you wanted to be on your game. You wanted to know what you were talking about and you were really invested in the project. And I think that makes us feel good. That makes you feel good. That makes the client feel good. Everybody looks good. And then it's a good experience for everybody. Um, and I think people who are, you have constant curiosity. I think as a writer, you, you probably naturally have that, but you keep, if you keep reading and you keep sort of like absorbing new research and saying to us when we come to you about, oh, we've got this project. You go, oh yeah, I was reading this research paper last week and there so-and-so at, at uh, Deloitte was saying this, and this is really interesting to me. When we know that you're constantly educating yourself in your industry, you're not just going, okay, I'm just going to do this and go and I'll research the things I'm assigned. It just makes us believe in your abilities and your knowledge even more and that you're an experienced professional and somebody who wants to stay up to date on what's happening and keeping yourself informed of what's going on in the, the industry. And then we'll come to you going, hey, we have some ideas about like an industry outlook report, which is like our version of a trend report. Um, what are some topics that you're thinking about? And we will know that you know what's going on. And that makes you an even more valuable resource to us. This is always a fascinating question yeah. to me because yet again, there wasn't a single thing on that list about actual writing. Yeah, good point. You know, and one of the biggest fears that nurses express to me when they think, wow, really, I could be a writer. And then they go, oh, I don't, I don't write well enough. And I tell them, well, you have to have basic composition skills. Right? Yes. But really, you need there are so many non-writing skills that are equally or more important to editors and clients. And once again, that has come up. Being easygoing, being flexible, being fun to work with, meeting deadlines, yeah. must meet the deadlines. You know, I'm shocked how many writers blow them off. And I'm sure you've had your fair share of experiences with writers who were not a joy to work with. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it, it happens. It's it. I shouldn't laugh because I feel ashamed when I hear that for yeah. my industry. Um, but anyway, but I just wanted to emphasize to the audience that yet again, 
uh, writing skill while you need it and while you should continually hone it, it is not at the top of the list of what clients value necessarily in a nurse who writes. So I hope that sets their mind at ease. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's so many other things that go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. There was something else I wanted to ask you now. What was it? Oh, because you're a content marketing expert, are there things that freelance writers in general can do with content marketing to elevate their own brand? Like, are there ways that you think they could employ that to their advantage? I think, I mean, we use LinkedIn a lot for researching and finding writers, sales navigator and stuff, which takes us back to your normal LinkedIn profile. So I think if you're posting stuff, both that has been posted, especially if you're, when you're starting out, maybe you don't have as many clips, but you're posting consistently. You're writing about things that are in the industry. It's a good way to get practice, I think, with writing and also pushing it out to an audience, seeing what kind of reactions you get. And as someone who's looking for freelance writers, if I go onto a freelance writer's LinkedIn profile and I don't see anything, I'm like, oh, or if I Google them and I can't find a website, I have no way of knowing if I should take a chance on them. So any kind of practice and experience you can get, even if it's not for a paying client, um, write about things that interest you. Your passion will come through as it relates to the industry, if that's what you're trying to, like if you love Pilates and you wanna talk about Pilates, that's another thing. But as it relates to the industry, just having some kind of presence out there so I can look and see what kind of, what you sound like, what kind of experience you have, what what you just sound like in words, you know? If I can't find your words, then I don't, I can't call you. And I tend to, I'll follow some freelance writers on LinkedIn and then just kind of keep an eye on them. And then as I'm scrolling through my feed, maybe I see them post something that's really relevant to something that we're working with, 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 with a client. And had they not posted it on their LinkedIn, I wouldn't have seen it. And maybe that's the thing that makes me say, oh, I should reach out to this person and see, because we need to up our healthcare bench again. Um, so just those kind of things to keep pushing themselves out there, I think is really important. Wow. That was some amazing nuggets in there, Marna. Thank you so much. I mean, for one thing, the idea that you actively look for writers, I I get questions from a lot of nurses who say, well, isn't there going to be a glut of writers? You know, and I say, no, <laughs> like there's 400 million active websites right now. There's never going to be a glut of right. writers. And, but in terms of like, they wonder what the demand is. And I tell them, no, there's demand. And what you said speaks to that because it's like, no, I'm out there actively looking for writers. Yeah. So in addition to fielding LOIs, you're like out there proactively searching. Yep. And another thing that I found really interesting in what you said was making sure if you're going to post or blog or whatever, that it's about the industry. That's a distinction that I bring up too, because I get asked that a lot. Should I have a blog? Should I be on social media? And I always say, it's fine to blog if you have a goal. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm big on goals, just like you all. Like, what's the goal for this uh, client? What's the goal for this white paper? I say, you know, you can have a blog, but make sure it's about the industry. It's Mm -hmm. not about your knitting hobby. You know, that's the thing, because because prospective clients are not going to look at your blog to see how well you write, which is what these nurses often think. It's what you said. We're going to look to see if you're up on the industry trends and do you know what's going on in the industry? And, and then how are you explaining that through your prose, you know, but 
but that's not the primary thing is how well you write. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, speaking of demand and is there a glut, where do you see this industry, content marketing and healthcare going over the next, well, let's say 50 years, I'll be dead by then, but let's say 50 <laughs> years, where do you see it going? I mean, I think it's just going to constantly expand. The, we have, unfortunately, shorter and shorter attention spans every passing year, it feels like. Um, and there's just tons of content to consume and people are using that. And we, marketers, brands, everybody looks to that because you want an authentic way to connect with people. And having the billboard advertisement just doesn't do it anymore. So people, and look at all these like different access things like Substack, which is that newsletter where if you have your own, you're a writer and you have your own, and then you get to build up your own mailing list. Like those, that's a really hot startup right now because people want to get their stuff out there. I subscribe to a bunch of different marketers emails because I want to keep learning about the industry and see what they're talking about. It mine spans very many different industries because we've got all these verticals we work on, but I think it's just only going to continue to grow and grow. And we have our writers that like we've worked with for years because we want to build long-term relationships with writers, but that doesn't mean that we get comfortable and just sit and go, no, we're good. We don't want any new talent. We're constantly looking for new talent because as our business grows, as trends change, as the needs of our clients change, we need people who are experts in different manner, in different aspects of healthcare writing. So I don't think there's ever going to be a uh, shortage of things, especially now with so many things going virtual. Like we've had some writers that we work with that have never said no to us before and go, sorry, I'm too busy right now because I've got 10 new clients that I'm writing webinars and virtual events and website scripts and, you know, all kinds of things. So I only see it continuing to expand. Yeah. Well, we're on the same page there. That's what I keep telling everybody too, is that this is just going to continue to go up like a rocket and yep. for my lifetime anyway. Yep. I want to ask you one last thing. And again, wanted to be respectful of your time because I know it's precious and I appreciate you're giving some of it to us. Yes. Um, I, I'm not sure the audience knows that Studio ID is, I don't know if I should call it a division, but it's um, a, a branch of Industry Dive, yeah. which is the journalism side. Yes. And I know that Studio ID takes a sort of journalistic approach to content. Mm -hmm. Could you speak for a moment to the value of journalism skills for content marketing writers? Yeah, for sure. A con content marketing is still storytelling. Even in a B2B capacity, when we're getting into technical things, it can't just be a string of facts together because that doesn't tell a story, doesn't engage the reader, doesn't make the reader think outside of their own perspective they're bringing into it. So we love, like we don't share writers across the newsroom in the content studio. Um, so sometimes I'll have people email me from Healthcare Dive saying, I'm a reporter, I, I work with the guys over at Healthcare Dive. And I'm like, that's great, but you can't work with me right now. But if you ever choose to leave them and you want to reach out then, that would be awesome. Because I do look for somebody who has, we know that if they have worked for another journalistic publication, that they know how to tell a story. And that's still something that's super important. You can't just go into like the different tricks of marketing and understanding how to speak to a marketing audience, you still need to be able to weave that into a story and tell, talk about the content in an engaging way. So I think those are skills that you get from having that journalism experience, even B2C, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just B2B, even getting B2C, any kind of storytelling that you get and storytelling experience. And as you learn how to tell a story even stronger and you learn different things based on the different audiences you write for, I think it's very important.
Is there anything else that you would like to tell our audience about, I don't know, um, the writing career for nurses or how to get started or any, any advice or tips at all you would have for them? We'd be very appreciative. Sure. I think one thing that you can do when, if you send a letter of intent to me, let's say I don't respond immediately and you go, oh, that's it. She's not interested. Whatever. Stay in touch with me, even if I don't respond, but stay in touch with me with a reason. Reach out to me. Hey, I had this new thing published on XYZ health publication, wanted to share it with you. Send me relevant content. Well, this is the same thing I used to tell my actors when I worked with them. If you just sent me a postcard going, hey, I'm still here. It didn't tell me. It just said, hey, I'm an out-of-work actor. Don't, don't say, hey, I'm an out-of-work writer. Send me some relevant content. Send me some. It doesn't have to be published. You, you publish this on Medium. I publish this on my LinkedIn. Check it out. Anything that you can send me that's relevant to what you are doing and what you're trying to build will continue. It's just like marketing. Marketing is repetition. Seeing the same ads like on Instagram. I see something and I go, this is stupid. Then I see it again and I go, huh, maybe, maybe. And then by the third time I'm clicking on the link. It's the same kind of thing in marketing yourself. If you're providing me with relevant content, not just saying, hey, I'm here. Have you had a chance to look at my portfolio? So I think that's a, an important tool that I, creatives tend to forget. Um, they get discouraged if they don't hear from anybody. And that's not the case. We're getting tons of emails every day. You got to stay consistent. I'll start recognizing your name and your email. You don't want to do it to a point where you're emailing me daily going, hey, here's something. But on a, on a respectable cadence, it's something that keeps you top of mind. And at some point, like Beth, you can speak to this. We had a conversation and I think we didn't get you on a project till about two months after we had talked because sometimes the need, the needs of our different publications change. But if I have met you and I've talked to you or I've seen you come into my inbox, I'm going to remember you and try to find something if I'm interested in, in what you're doing. That's true. I had forgotten about that, that it did yeah. take, there was quite a bit of um, time between when we first talked and I think even onboarded and the first project. Yep. <clears throat> and I actually learned something great from you just there because I never did that when following up. I was just like, Hey, I'm still over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it all wrong, but, <laughs> but I do think, but the, the value is in following up and a, a lot of nurses initially are very hesitant when I tell them to send LOIs because they're like, oh no, this is now like spam. And this is um, trying to sell, you know, trying to coerce my friends into buying leggings from my <laughs> home party, you know? And it's like, no, I tell them, this is how our industry works. That's People right. don't find it off-putting quite the opposite. So I appreciate you validating that point. Yes. Yes, um, if you're showing up in my inbox with relevant content. And I don't have to go onto LinkedIn and find you. You make my life that much easier. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Marna, for taking the time to be with us and share all this great information with the audience today. Of course, thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to you. I would also like to thank all of our listeners and our viewers for tuning in today. Uh, you've been watching and listening to the RN to Writer show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we will see you next time. Bye.